And welcome back to another edition of the On the Board Sports Podcast. I am your host, Will Cherucci, a.k.a. Will C, coming to you from Long Island, New York. This is part two of our MLB preview, and we're ta- we talked in the first half of the preview. We talked about the Yankees and the Mets because we live in New York. We talk New York sports, and we talk about I'm a Yankee fan. Sean is a Mets fan, but... Look no further. I'm going to introduce my partner right now, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Shawnee on the mic. Sean, how are you? Well, I'm good, ready to talk some baseball, pal, ready to get it going. Finally, we're back to 162 games, ready to get it going, pal. I can't wait either. This is going to be fun. But before we break into talking and breaking down who's going to be the division winners, MVP winners, Rookie of the Year winners and such – Sports Illustrated, bro, you guys got to do a better job, okay? Uh-oh. First and foremost, I know Francisco Lindor's on the cover. People from Sports Illustrated, but guys, this baseball preview is absolute dog shit, okay? This baseball preview, and I, Sean, you can put yourself back on if you don't want to be associated with this. <laughs> you know, that's okay. There's nothing <laughs> to be afraid of. We're not sponsored by anybody. Nobody's going to cancel us, so... The only people that are going to cancel us is us ourselves. But regardless or not, dude, looking at everything that's going on, you have the Francisco Lindor thing over here, right? Great, fantastic. You spend a couple of pages on him. He deserves it. He deserves his due coming over here without a shadow of a doubt. You know, they talk about, see, they give the the breakdowns with the shortstops, how – how great the shortstops have been and how they've been hitting home runs like the corner outfielders have mm-hmm. and the corner infielders over the course of time. And, you know, it's great, but all that coverage for one player. And then you have Kim Ning, Kim Ng over here. If I'm pronouncing your name, right, I'm sorry. She's from Queens. That's something mm-hmm. that I didn't know. That's great. Good for her. But, you know, I'm, what I want to know as a baseball fan is what the other 28 teams are going to do outside of New York, you know, because every year we see a team win the World Series that we had no idea. You know, it happens almost yearly in which there's this great team that nobody predicts here in New York, except for the baseball writers or the hardcore baseball fan. And here's, I'm going to, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Like, you know, you, you look at everything like this is their baseball preview right here. They have their little who's going to win rookie of the year, MVP, Cy Young, all that stuff. And then they had the team predictions over here. But from years past, I thought Sports Illustrated did like all 30 teams in depth. Bro, this is nothing. One page. I could have done, done better. Yeah. You could have done better. <laughs> yes. Look at this. Horrible. Horrible. Will, in the words of former Yankee manager Joe Girardi, that's not what you want. (laughs) Horrible. Horrible. I don't know who's writing these previews. I don't know. I I don't ever want to call for somebody's job because right now I'm unemployed. But I can do a better job than this. Sean, you can do a better job than this. Yes, yes. A two-year-old 
who's still shitting themselves can can who's diaper dependent can do better <laughs> than this. Look at this. This yeah, is horrible. This yeah, is like all right. This is like a kid's book. Uh, all yeah, all this is just photos and stats. That's it. This is stupid. I want to learn more. That's it. All yeah, this is just stories and literally one sentence on on a player. It's bullshit. Sports Illustrated is dead. It is dead. It's bad at that point in time. I'm telling you, we could do a well, better job. And well, you know what it is, too, pal? Sucks. Sorry. Well, sorry, not sorry. Good, Sean. You know, pal, and you're 100% right. It's a, it's a bad look. It's terrible. But I think what Sports Illustrated problem is, well, they have not adapted to the times. You look at the other publications out there and social media platforms, Sports Illustrated lags. And that's why people who are with them either leave or are looking to leave. I agree with that notion 100%. You've seen yeah. so many people now, and this is why The Athletic is hands down, probably for a paying subscription yeah. service. Yep, It's up there. And I paid for Sports Illustrated before. I'm trying to look for some good quality pieces. Nothing against the people that are there working right now. But whoever their editor is or whoever whoever's running things and says that, okay, we're only going to have one sentence for everything and we're going to just leave it like that. I get that this generation has ADD in which they can't read anything at all and they can't retain anything at all. But if you're a diehard sports fan and literally wants to see what's going on, the, the publication is just absolute bullshit. I'm sorry. A, a two-year-old can do better than that. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. You're 100% you know? horrible, horrible, 100%. horrible, horrible, horrible. But you want to know what's not horrible, brother? Yes, you sir. You want to know what's not horrible? The fact that Major League Baseball is back on April 1st. And after that rant, I think baseball season needs to be here and without a shadow of a doubt there's so many things going on the dodgers world champions last year they're looking to defend their crown teams like the san diego padres in their division have upgraded immensely we've gotten to see guys like uh fernando tatis jr go out and sign this mega extension at his age 22 he hasn't done really anything yet but I think this is the way how the game is going to go here in which they're going to keep their stars locked in and young, and they're going to sign their guys to max deals at a young age to try and get their value up at that point. Because when free agency rolls around, we've been seeing it a lot over the course of 10 years, teams that have built themselves here, uh, teams that have built themselves here over the course of time, Look at what happened with the Cardinals back 10 years ago. They had Albert Pujols, and everybody thought Pujols was going to stay. He didn't. He signed the mega deal to go to Anaheim, right? Mookie Betts got traded, and he got signed. He signed a big deal. Well, how many times do you get to see a young player, especially with the caliber of what Fernando Tatis Jr. brings to the table, and he 
becomes this absolute stud and he signs this crazy 10 year, 15 million, 10 year, 15 year deal. It's just absolutely insane. You don't see it. And I think baseball is going to go that way. Uh, staying in that division though, the Diamondbacks are still rather relatively the same after signing Madison Bumgarner, figure out what goes on there. Uh, the Rockies are going to probably be the least appealing storyline out of anybody after trading away Nolan Arenado to the Cubs. And finally, you look at the Giants. The Giants, they still have their pieces from 2014, 12, and 10 still there. But regardless or not, we'll see what happens with them. And you talk about in the NL, teams that have gotten better, the Braves have gotten better, the Cardinals have gotten better uh, due to another year of being in the league. Uh, The Phillies, we don't know what the Phillies are going to be. This season under Joe Girardi, another year of having Didi Gregorius there, another year of seeing Bryce Harper uh, under that big, big deal that he signed a couple of seasons ago. And, uh, you know, with everything going on, man, the Mets are trying to find their way. And, you know, the Pirates are one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, The Miami Marlins are trying to fight their way back into relevancy after making it to the postseason. Surprisingly, the Reds are trying to find their way. Uh, You know, the Cubs are either hit or miss right now at this point. Sean, I know you had them as a World Series uh, pick a couple of seasons ago and last year, if I'm not mistaken. And then we look at the AL. The AL was absolutely wild last year with everything going on. The Yankees were the favorite. COVID happened. And then... 32 or 33 and 27 happened. The whole thing with with uh, with the Rays, a great storyline that yours truly kind of predicted to, to that sense. And I think they're going to probably repeat again, to be honest with you. But I'll leave that for a little bit in the future. The Toronto Blue Jays are an absolutely – they're a fascinating team to look at from the perspective of – they signed Simeon, they traded for Mats, and they got Hyjin Ryu. They're, they're looking like studs. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they signed George Springer. Pretty big deal right there. And then, you know, don't sleep on Baltimore this year. You know, they're going to be a team that's going to be legit, a not a scary team, but they're going to be one of those young up-and-coming teams, what Toronto was two seasons ago where nobody gave them a chance, but they have all this young talent coming up now and they're going to be a phenomenal team within the next couple of seasons. And then finally in the central, we know about the twins, how great of a lineup they have and they play in a great pitcher's ballpark. The white Sox have been really knocking on heaven's door the past couple of years with all their young talent. I think this is the year in which they could go out and really compete for the AL Central and the Indians, the Royals, and the Tigers are going to be rounding out that division. And then the AL West, everything full circle right now, going to that AL West. And the Angels, year in and year out, they always sign the, the best guys to try and team up with Mike Trout. It hasn't happened. We'll see what happens come this season with Joe Madden. I know there was a big cloud over with Mickey Callaway, but Regardless or not, the Angels should be right there in the thick of things. The Oakland Athletics, 
probably finding their way to their footing. Nobody really talks about them that much. Uh, the Seattle Mariners are just a dumpster fire at this point. Make no mistake what's going on with their ownership. We we haven't talked about that on this podcast with what happened with their uh, their president of baseball operations, but they are an absolute dumpster fire. They're a joke right now. And uh, Houston, they still have some core pieces there in place. Justin Verlander's trying to find his way back. Uh, Jose Altuve trying to reignite the flame almost, if you will, but Hey, cheaters never win, right? <laughs> you know, and then finally, you know, you look at Carlos Correa. This is a do or die type of season for a, a make or break season for him because he's going to be a free agent next year. And uh, I say all this to say that you don't sleep on the Rangers either. They still have a young team there in place. Uh, Rudinando Dor is a free agent, and I don't necessarily know. Uh, what else? We talked the Angels, the Rangers, the Oakland A's, the Mariners. Am I missing an AOS team? The A's, the Angels. A's, Angels, Astros, Mariners, Astros. Mariners and Rangers. I got everybody covered. You got everybody covered. Yes, you did. Okay, so I got everybody covered. All right. But, yeah, it's going to be an interesting year to say the very least. I'm going to let my partner now do the talking after – letting my mouth ramble on for a couple minutes. I kind of do a good job of that, I guess. And some people may not like that, but whatever it is, what it is. But Sean, uh, give us your takeaways on this 2020 offseason. Any sort of surprises uh, for this upcoming season? Well, I'll start with my team. Obviously, the richest owner in the game, Steve Cohen, comes in, officially buys the Mets. And then, you know, a few weeks after the sale is made official, they trade for Francisco Lindor. Will he sign before opening day, which is the hard deadline he gave the team? We'll wait and see about 36 hours until then. So we see what happens. But, um, you know, that was a big a storyline there, Will. Um, and, you know, it, will, it was just good to have an offseason because with COVID, it was like, you know, you, we – we weren't sure who could do what, who's going to go where, if we were even going to have an off season. So to have one was pretty cool. Well, well, you took the words right out of my mouth. George Springer to the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are not playing around. They're they not. are not playing games because, well, they know they're in a small um, market. So they know in three, four years, they're going to have to pay Biggio, Bichette, and Vlad. And they're not going to have money to pay all three. They may have enough to pay two, but there's no way in hell they're going to have enough to pay all three. So I think they, they're they looking at their winning window of being right now. So Springer going there, well, well, as we said, Mookie Betts signing that crazy deal. Fernando Tatis getting paid, getting paid. But, well, I think the story of the off season was another team that's going for it. And, well, when you draft correctly, and you make the right moves, there's one team that always does it well, and there's another team that in recent memory has done it well, and they're in position to win right now. Tampa Bay, they always do it right. Tampa Bay, don't, well, if the Rays miss on a prospect, it's by accident at this point. That's how great they do it, <laughs> that they get guys, and yeah. you – Will, some of the greatest players in the game came from Tampa Bay, came from that farm. So 
it's just crazy. But will the team that's doing it in recent um, uh, memory, and they had the prospects and the guys on the farm to make big-time deals, and I think you know where I'm going with this. Will the San Diego Padres, it was one day they got Blake Snell, gave up a bunch of prospects for him. Then they turn around, Will, you Darvish. And then they turn around, Will, Joe Musgrove. I said, what in the world is going on here? The Will, the Padres for two weeks had the whole baseball world looking at them, like what's going on here? Right. But they know, listen, we have Eric Hosmer, Manny Machado, obviously Fernando Tatis uh, Jr., Will um, um, Ayers, Margot, amongst other players on that team. We have to win now. We have to win now. And will that rotation, which was already good with Denelson Lamette and Chris Paddock, well, I think people forgot about those two guys because of the three guys that they brought in. <laughs> people forget that Paddock and Lamette were on the team. Well, San Diego on paper, well, as as you like to say, paper uh, champions don't always equate to the real thing. But on paper, San Diego stole, stole the show this off season, hands down. Well, well Trevor Bauer was a number one free agent he was almost a met he went down to the very end and said he decides to go back home so that happened so i mean you know and it was an off uh season that you know saw that the nl east will teams did not play you saw charlie more and leave the rays go to the braves i'm surprised the mets didn't get him because he's uh because he's uh because he's a tri-state guy so to miss out on him and he went to the Braves, that definitely going to hurt us at some point. Will and but well, you know, outside of maybe five, six teams, the other twenty-four teams could all have a shot at making the playoffs with the expanded um, uh, a playoff though. Because I think the teams that we know that are that are going to stink, like you said, Seattle, they're going to stink. Kansas City, they're going to stink. Baltimore, will I think will be improved a little bit. But I think they're going to stink. The Rockies may have the worst r- record this this year. I think that they will. Um, actually, but well, outside of maybe two, three more other teams than that, like you said, like you named every team, the other 22, 23 teams can compete. Well, I can't recall the last time we've seen this much parity coming into a major league baseball year where it's not just the top heavy teams. Well, the Yankees, the Braves, the Phillies, the A's, well, well, the Reds could make a move. You know what I'm saying? The White Sox could make a move. The twins will, they're not going uh, uh, anywhere. And the team with the second lowest pay, no, the third lowest payroll in MLB, the Marlins made the playoffs. Right. <laughs> they made right. the playoffs. Right. So the parody will that's what excites me about the season that is to compound. Yeah, and you look at everything going on right now. Listen, you know, the Dodgers, they're like I said before, they're gonna have one tough hill to climb trying to repeat. And you know, the Padres are gonna be there uh to fight them tooth and nail in that division and seeing everything else going on. 
in the National League. It's just absolutely eye-opening, to be honest with you. But make no mistake about it, you know, I look at everything right now and I just say to myself, you know, what is it that some of these teams can go out there and just make happen? Uh, Like I said, number one, for anybody out there that's sleeping on the Toronto Blue Jays, I think you're fooling yourselves because of what's going on, what's happened. They made some significant roster moves with the core that they have in place. And with everything going on, I, I really firmly believe in this team. And, you know, their their pitching rotation has gotten better somewhat to, to that extent. Uh, their bullpen can be, eh, you know, somewhat, somewhat interesting. Uh, but I really like the Blue Jays a lot as a surprise team to basically try and fight the Yankees or even the Rays for that matter uh, in, in that whole scenario. Number two is the Yankees. And I say to you, Sean, as, as a Yankee fan, I'm worried. I am legitimately worried here at this point, being a Yankee fan. And I know what you're going to tell me. They have the highest payroll. They have the best team. They have everything like that. They'll be fine. You know, usually the law of averages will tell you that a team is going to be either okay with who's going to be playing every day. I, to be honest with you, I love Aaron judge, but I don't see him playing, you know, 140 games, 150 games. If that he's got to stay healthy, uh, you know, the starting rotation again, Tayone and, uh, Corey Kluber, are they going to stay healthy at that point in time? Or are they going to say, Hey, you know what? We're not, quote unquote, feeling it from this team. So we're just going to walk at this point or had one bad outing and then that's it. It's over. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens there uh, with that. But there's a lot of question marks with the bullpen starting rotation, still iffy outside of, you know, Gary Cole and Luis Severino and, you know, having Herman being there. But to rely on two guys that haven't played in a year, to be significant con- contributors is absolutely scary. And that is not good. And I know they got Debbie Garcia and Jordan Montgomery uh, waiting in the wings. And they're good. They're good pitchers. You know, Jordan Montgomery, we've known for years, is a solid piece to come out of that bullpen and to be a fourth, fifth starter. But I don't get why Aaron Boone hasn't given him the ball, as far as I'm concerned. And my third surprise for you, you know, I'm going to say it right now. Trey Mancini coming back from cancer, top five player this year, top five MVP candidate in the American League. That's how valuable this guy was to the Baltimore Orioles. And I think he's going to be a solid, solid story year for this year because Listen, I don't think I've ever seen a player come back the way how he's coming back. And the track record for him says it all. You look at some of his stats, he is a legit, he's a legit force at that plate whenever he bats. And he's he's unbelievably gifted. And for him to miss out on last year, it's tough. But usually these good storylines, you, you see them. 
and it works out well in Trey Mancini's favor. I like what I've seen thus far this spring training from Mancini himself. I think he's going to be a top five candidate as far as an MVP goes. Those are my three surprises. Well, that's a that's a hot take. I was clapping, but I was on mute. But um, you know what, Will? I think that I, I'm glad you brought him up, Will, because I think people forget how good he was before he got sick. I mean, he was really, really good. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, Will, my three surprises, Will, is I think the NL East, Will, Maybe this is a prediction, a hot take, whatever you want to call it. Well, I think every team in the NL East will finish 500 or better. The NL East is that good. Phillies, Braves, Mets, Nationals, and the team from South Beach. All five of those teams are really that good. I think the worst team will be 80 and 82 or 81 and 81, which could be bad for the winner because they're going to beat up on each other so much <laughs> in the 19 games they play each other for. So that's number one, Will. Will, number two, <clears throat> I think we're going to see a bounce back year from a couple stars that, you know, people kind of rolled them off, but I think they're going to have some bounce back years. Number one, Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant was on the trade block. Chris Bryant was almost a met. The Mets had a preliminary trade talks that included J.D. Bryant and Ahmed uh, Rosario for Chris Bryant and I think some other guys. So that's how close Chris Bryant was from not being on the team. though. So I think he's going to have a bounce back here. Maybe they trade him. Maybe they don't. Well, also, new top guy in Chicago, Theo Epstein, is no longer there. So... For the so you know he did what he he came to do. He ended the curse. He's the curse breaker, as we know. I thought he was a shoo-in to be the GM uh, for the Mets, but the Mets went. Um, the Mets don't really have a GM of uh, right now after the whole Jared Porter thing. We know what happened with that. Will so we see. Well, I think another player for a bounce back here was Bryce Harper. You know, and you know. Has he lived up to the contract he signed with Philly? No. But, well, really, nobody really lives up to those mega deals. Nobody really, really does. Mike Trout probably isn't going to. Fernando Tatis probably isn't going to. They will maybe for like three, four years of that deal. The other six, seven years, it's they won't be worth that amount every single year. But I think Bryce, I think he's finally settled in. Joe Girardi there for a second year. They brought back Didi Gregorius. They brought back JT Rio uh, Muto. I think that team is poised for a bounce back. So that's my second surprise there. Well, my third surprise, I think the Colorado Rockies. Well, this is maybe not a surprise, but I guess a take here. I think the Rockies are going to challenge to lose 100 games. Okay. I think they're that bad. That's fair. I think they're that bad. Well, the return for your franchise player, pe people said that return was putrid. Like, you did not get the top player in the Cardinals farm. You have to get the top player in the Cardinals farm if you trade for him. And listen, I know Trevor's story's there. I believe Blackman is still there, if I'm not 
mistaken well i believe he is but outside of those two guys you you're not going to the ballpark in colorado to see anybody else so i think them and seattle like you said well seattle don't know what the hell they're doing they fleece the mets and ever since they fleece the mets they haven't done a thing right since <laughs> right absolutely so I think those two teams will challenge to be the worst team in MLB. I think both those teams will push for 100 L's. So those are my three takes. Let's go from surprises over to our picks now. And we're going to start off with our division winners and our wild card winners. And we'll start off here in the AL. We'll start off here in the East. Let's go with Sean first and let's hear what Sean has to say, who his division winners are, and then – I'll go from there with my division winner slash wild card winner. So, Sean, you're on the hot seat, bud. Well, AL East, I think it'll be neck and neck Blue Jays and Yankees till September. And I think around Labor Day, I think the Yankees are going to take a stranglehold, probably win that division by four or five games. So give me the give me the Yankees. I don't think they'll get to 100 wins, but I think 90 to 93 will get the job done. So give me the Yankees. In the AL uh, uh, Central, it's hard not to pick uh, Chicago, pal. I mean, it really, really isn't. I mean, the Twins win, and I don't think the Twins are going uh, anywhere. And I know that the Chicago uh, White Sox just had, I forgot his name. Um, I think he wears 86, the guy that just got hurt. But, um, I mean, you know, even with him down, you know, they have such a stacked team and the starting five in terms of the rotation is good. So, well, I'm going to have to go Chicago for the uh, for the uh, Central. And, well, in the West, you know, I thought about this one. The Rangers, I think, are too young. Will the Angels still have nobody that could pitch? They got everybody that could hit. They got still nobody that could pitch. The Astros are they're losing their best players left and right. And as we said, the Mariners are probably going to be the worst team, one of the worst teams. So, well, I'm picking the A's by default, <laughs> but I'm least confident in that. Like, I'm not as confident as I was. So, I'll go Yankees in the East. Chicago White Sox Central, and I go the A's in the West for the wild card. It's one or is it two? It's two uh, wild card teams, right? It's still the two teams for the wild card. So the two teams in the wild card will Toronto without a doubt. Toronto without a doubt. I think they take that leap. They were kind of ascending last year, but it was such a short year. Give me Toronto. Will this last one is hard because I think the Twins could make a case. I think that if things go right, the Angels, Mike Trout in the playoffs, can we see it for this only the second time? Can that go right? But will gun to my head. This one's tough. I think they have one last run in them, and I think they're going to break up after that. You're going to hate me for saying this, but give me Houston. Houston's Houston still has enough talent. Well, with Correa, Altuve, Bregman, 
to get it done. Springer left, Brantley left. I understand that. But they still have enough talent to, I think, sneak into that final wild card spot. So Yankees in the East, White Sox Central, A's in the West. My two wild cards will fourth seed, quote unquote, will be Toronto and fifth will be Houston. Okay, so those are Sean's picks coming out of the AL. My picks for the AL, I'm going to start off here in the East, and I'm going to say that, Sean, this is not going to be a two-team race. This isn't going to be a one-team race. This is going to be a three-team race, and you can't count out what the Tampa Bay Rays have done thus far this offseason. Yes, they've gone out and they've traded away Blake Snell. Yes, they got a lot of young kids coming in, but remember – they did sign Chris Archer. They did sign Michael Waka. And, you know, they have still have some of their lineup uh, in place from last season. And they are a team that is still a top five pitching unit in the American League, let alone baseball in general, in all of baseball. So they're still the favorites here in the East. And I'm going to go with Tampa Bay here. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay winning that AL East. And listen... Yeah, they lost out on Nick Anderson. I know that. He's an all-star. I get that, you know, Tampa Bay doesn't have those sexy names that the Yankees have. But the one thing that the Yankees don't do that the Rays do is the fact that they incorporate their roster, their whole roster, from 1 to 25 all the way down. And let's look at it like this, too. Wander Franco is going to be coming up into the big leagues. This number one highly rated touted prospect. He's going to be a, he's going to be something playing that shortstop position. And he could be something along the lines of what Evan Longoria was for the Tampa Bay Rays. But I was 11, 12 years ago. I don't want to talk about 11 to 12 years ago. I want to talk about right now. And the difference between that Rays team, as opposed to this team is the fact that the Rays are going to use their whole roster to go out there and win you games. And it's not like the Yankees. We know the Yankees. They're really relying on their bullpen. We know that. Aroldis Chapman, I don't know if he's – I don't think I could trust him at this point, you know, going in there. And every game, yes, he looks great in the regular season, but come the postseason, it's nail-biter. It's a nail-biter with me with him. And to see Zach Britton and to see other guys – that really should be in that role, but are not, uh, that's kind of tough. And then, you know, we know about the lineup, but again, the lineup to me, it's either all or nothing. And I want to see something that's going to be like, okay, hit with guys and runners in scoring position. You know, they're not, they haven't done that yet, but they got to have at least another lefty bat in there. And right now they don't have that. And the Toronto Blue Jays are this young team, this young up-and-coming team with a bunch of players that they signed, like Marcus Simeon, like uh, George Springer. And they're right there. <laughs> Sean, they're right there. I will agree with you on that. And their pitching rotation is legit. Very it's, good, yeah. It's very good. I mean, I know they signed, uh, you know, last offseason, Hyjun Ryu, and they just traded for Steven Matz. Yep. But they are a team that's going to be very, very scary. And all three of those teams are great in their own regard. But I'm going to go with Tampa until they prove me wrong otherwise. So give me Tampa. Uh, in the AL Central, I'm going to have to agree with you with the Chicago White Sox. Uh, you know, Minnesota, they're great. But 
They lost out on Rich Hill. They lost out on a couple other pieces in place. And, you know, year in and year out, this is a first-round loser. And at this point in time, you know, I know what what uh, Berrios is and everything like that with with Minnesota. I think he could be a Cy Young Award candidate still. But Chicago just has too much talent for them to lose. And this is from years of building up after trading away guys like Adam Eaton and such. So uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun seeing guys like Lucas Giolito competing and seeing Luis Robert uh, playing and Yon Mokata coming up from from the Boston from that Boston trade with Chris Sale. So it's definitely interesting to see uh, what Chicago does, but I like them a lot uh, this season in winning the division. And then the AL West. Sean, this is a tough one. I know you just picked the A's, and the A's are a sneaky, sneaky good team every year because they don't have the those sexy names, and they always play that money ball style. They always play that money ball style. But for me, the manager here makes it all. I know Mike Trout is the best player in the game, but Joe Madden is arguably a top five manager in baseball. And last year, guys like Dylan Bundy and uh, Julio Teron pitched absolutely phenomenal. And if they could get their bullpen situation right, this is going to be a scary team. So I'm going to go with the A's. Uh, not the A's, the Angels. <laughs> I'm thinking A's in, in the names. Give me the Angels here in the AL West. I know I picked them last year, and I know Mickey Callaway is probably gone for the season. But with that said, I like the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim winning the West. And then finally, my two wild cards, I'm going to go with the Yankees here for one, being that top team, uh, just fighting for that position. And that final wild card spot, that final wild card spot, that's a tough one, bro. You know, the A's are good. We know the A's are good. Houston's good. The Twins are good in their respective right. Uh, but, man, I got to go with Toronto. I got to go with Toronto here just simply because of the fact that the three-headed monster, Kevin Biggio, uh, Dante Pichette Jr., and even Vlad uh, Guerrero Jr., along with the team that's there in place that I just mentioned earlier, they're going to be scary good. I think they're going to compete for that wild card like they were last season. So, yeah, give me give me the Toronto Blue Jays for that final spot. And that wraps up our division winners slash wild card winners out of the AL. Sean, let's go to the NL right now. Let's go to the NL right now, and let's talk about who's going to be the favorites coming out of the NL East, the Central, the West, and for your two wild card spots, bud. Well, as much as, as much as I want to pick the Mets in the East, the pitching, the pitching, the pitching, the pitching, I think they'll hit. I think they'll lead. I think they'll be in the top in the majors and run scored and all that jazz, jazz with the pitching, bro, the pitching. Well, so, you know, to me, I think it's going to be a three-horse race. Well, a four-horse race for the most part. But I think the division is going to be really, really good, Will. But, Will, I think at the end of the day, I think pound for pound, the best team in that division are still the Braves. Then they're still the Braves. They have, you know, who many people I think will pick the MVP and Ronald Alcunia Jr. So give me the Braves and the E's. But I think Philly's going to have a pretty good year, and I think the Nationals bounce back. In the Central, well, this one was tough because the Cubs are on their last legs with the talent that they had from when they won it 
a, um, a few years back. The Brewers, I think, I think the Brewers, are, the Brewers can hang. The Brewers can hang. The Cardinals will. They added Nolan Arenado. Nobody saw that coming, right? So they, so, right? So they added that there. I think the Pirates are going to be, you know, one of, if not the worst teams too. You know, they're trying to rebuild, and they traded Josh Bell to Washington, of course. So, right? So, you know, so I think, you know, that's there. So that's the Cubs. The Pirates, the Cardinals, and the Brewers will. So that only leaves one team. Well, only leaves one team. The team name is slipping my uh, mind. Well, <laughs> uh, with the NL uh, Central Reds. I'm sorry. Well, no, I meant to say Reds and talking about the uh, Brewers. Long story short, well, I think the team that wins the NL Central. Give me the Cardinals. Give me the Cardinals. I think that Nolan Arenado trade rejuvenated that team. So you're going to have Arenado at third, Goldschmidt at first. They still got other pieces there. Yadier, the old, reliable, he's back. The rotation is what it is. Well, and I think, you know, well, when you think of baseball, you think of the best teams, the historic teams, the Cardinals always there. So, I mean, the Cardinals in the Central. Sorry for the long-winded answer. For okay. I, I got my teams uh, confused. Well, in the NL West, listen, long story short, it's going to be a two-horse race. Dodgers, Padres, Rockies, as we know, they're going to be there. The Diamondbacks, I think, will be better, but I don't think they're going – to compete, Powell. I think it's going to be a two-horse race. Well, will, 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 will. Think the Padres do it, pal. I think the Padres do it. I think the Padres are going to win the West. I don't think the Dodgers will have a hangover, but I think that their motivation is going to be just to get in. As I think the Padres' motivation will be, we got to win this division. We have to claim our stake as the best team in this division. So I think the motivation standpoint will be there for the Padres that maybe won't be there for the Dodgers. So even the Padres in the West, will my two wildcard teams, the easy one, the team that I just said, the Dodgers are making the playoffs, but I have them as a wildcard team. Well, my second wild card comes down to two teams, my Mets or the Nationals. And I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. And I say the Nationals, well, that rotation, Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin, pretty good. When Syndergaard comes back and Carrasco comes back, well, that rotation for the Mets, the Grom, Syndergaard, Stroman, Carrasco, pretty good. But, Will, I think Johnny Soto is going to blaze in 2021. And I think he, not him by himself, but I think he's going to propel the Nationals over the Mets and over the Phillies, who I think the Phillies will get close to. I think the Nationals will get back into the playoffs after winning the World Series in 2019. So, Mets in the East. Cardinals in the central. I'm, I'm sorry. Braves. Oh, Braves in the east. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. Braves in the east. No, I'm sorry. Braves, Braves in the east. Cardinals in the central. 
Padres in the West, Dodgers coming out of the first wild card for you, and you got the Nationals. And they will host Washington. They will host Washington. They will host Washington. Okay, for that one playoff game. Yep. Okay. Okay. Fair. Fair. Very fair. Okay. I, I was expecting the Mets there from you. Okay. That's unexpected right there for me to say. <laughs> but for for me, and all good picks, by the way, Sean, I'm going to have to agree with you in the East with Atlanta until Atlanta shows me otherwise, in which they've, they still have young pieces in place. Remember, uh, they got Dansby Swanson still. They still got Ronald Acuna Jr. down there. And Freddie Freeman is an absolute stud. And he was this close to making it to the World Series last year, and he deserves it, uh, being the face of the franchise for the Braves for so long. And now it's Ronald's time. Uh, until until that happens and until you know all those other teams go out there and compete for that, uh, for that NLE's crown and get better, the Braves are on paper – the favorites to go out there and win the NL East. My NL Central pick, I'll keep this one short and sweet, is the St. Louis Cardinals because of what they've done. I mean, to acquire two of the game's greats at their position, respectively, one, and to have, and this is the way how you're supposed to build your team, is have power hitters on the corners. This is going to be a scary team, and not only has this revived the Cardinals as a team, but it's revived the Cardinals as a franchise. And we know the Cardinals for years have always been that team that would go out and would compete. They remember they made it to all those NLCSs back in 2011, 2012, 2013, and even in 2014. And, you know, they lost out to the Cubs in 2015, but every year since then, it's been so close for them just to make it to the playoffs and, trying to hunt for that playoff spot. But uh, this year, I think they get it done in the Central, and they find their way. They legitimately find their way to win the NL Central. And not nothing against the Cubs, nothing against the Reds, who the Reds, year in and year out, we've seen a cover story on the Reds on how they could be like the 2017 uh, Houston Astros. But I don't think the Reds are going to be banging on pots and pans like the Astros did. And for that matter, you know, the Pittsburgh Pirates aren't the same team. And, you know, the Brewers are going to be a sneaky team. They're going to be one of those sneaky teams that's going to sneak up on a lot of people and say, hey, remember what we did? We sent the Dodgers to game seven of the NLCS in our building at that point in time. And, uh, you know, or excuse me, 2018, 2018, not 2019. Uh, But it's definitely going to be something. But it's been three years since that's happened, and they still have that same, just about that same core of players there. But I personally believe that the St. Louis Cardinals are going to be uh, that team. And then finally, in the West, they're the champions. They won. I'm going to give it to the Dodgers. I know that the Padres are that team that's brash. They're young. They've went out and acquired all these guys. But until they prove it on the field, and I know they did very well last year. Uh, this team right here in the Dodgers are still the favorite. Trevor Bowers a stud. Walker Bueller might be a Cy Young candidate. Uh, Dustin May is going to be an absolute great pitcher for the Dodgers. And Clayton Kershaw, all-reliable. Let's not forget about him. Uh, he's been absolutely a hell of a pitcher 
uh, to say the very least, over his career. But, uh, yeah, I like the Dodgers in their lineup. I think Corey Seager might be a top-five MVP in the NL. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be a tough thing uh, for the for the Dodgers to repeat as division champions. But, Sean, I respect your opinion on the Padres, and I think like that too. But, again, until proven otherwise, I like the Dodgers in the NL West. And then, finally, my NL wildcard predictions. Sean, I'm going with the Mets as one of my wild cards. So clap yourself for that one. Yes, sir. They, they are, I think they're legit too. I think they're legit too. Year in and year out. I think that Luis Rojas is a great manager. He knows his team and he's been with this team for a very long time. Remember, he managed in the minors. We forget about that. This guy managed in the minors. And who better to know his players than Luis Rojas? And I know the whole storyline of, oh, they got to get this done this whole contract extension done with Francisco Lindor. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, and the Mets are going to have a great year, it's going to be awesome to see. And then finally, the other wild card is the San Diego Padres. And the Padres, for me, like I said, and like you said, and I'll keep this one short and sweet, the Padres are just one of those teams that just goes out for the past couple of seasons and they have found their way. And now the talent that they have in place with that, with the pitching staff in a pitcher's ballpark, that's really something. So give me the San Diego Padres and the New York Mets. And I think the Mets host a home game in the playoffs a la in 2016. So we'll see what happens there. Oh, well, don't remind me 2016. Noah Syndergaard, God bless his heart. He just had to face Mad Bum that night. He just, he pitches hard out, bro. Well, that team that team but was Mad hurt. Bum was better. Let's be honest, there that team was hurt. Yes, from sure. from last from 2015 at that right. point in time. I think any baseball fan will tell you that that they were hurt and they were, right. they were hurt big time. Right, right. Awesome job, anyway. bro. Yeah. Hey, listen, we got the picks in for the uh, division winners. Uh, World Series picks. I don't want to hear NLCS picks. I don't want to hear ALCS picks. I want to hear World Series picks. Sean, we'll start with you. Who's your World Series winner? My World Series pick, excuse me. Your World Series pick, and who's your winner? Well, this one was tough. This one was tough because, well, I'm a big fan of I have to see it to uh, leave it. The Yankees would be chalk, right? But like, yeah, we'll just pencil uh, 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 them in, right? But, well, I think my pick, I saw the NL. I think the Dodgers come out again. I think you don't add Trevor Bauer. You don't lose anybody major and don't repeat. <laughs> so I think they'll get there again, Well, So I think they'll come out of the NL. I think the Braves again will make it closer. Give me the Dodgers. Will in the... AL in the AL, I'm going to go Chicago. Chicago has the rotation stealing Liam Hendricks from the A's was a huge move to put him in that pen. That was huge to get him. And that rotation with Lucas Giolito 
one of the best names in sports, Lucas G. Oda. You know, well, that man must be Italian with a last name like that. <laughs> right? Right? So, well, give me the Dodgers. Give me the uh, the Chicago White Sox. And I think the Dodgers make it back to back to make up for the back-to-back -back losses that they had. I think the Dodgers make it back-to-back -back wins. And Dave Roberts gets number two. Interesting stuff in the the uh, Dodgers, they made it to 2017 and 2018 to the World Series. Obviously, we know what happened in 2019 with the Dodgers uh, losing to the Nationals in the NLDS. Who can ever forget about Howie Kendrick hitting that game-winning home run or game-tying home run, excuse me, off of the foresaid uh, Clayton Kershaw. So, again, we'll see what happens. I know they're the World Series champions last year, but... My pick out of the NL is going to surprise a lot of people here. It's going uh -oh. to surprise a lot of people. Uh-oh. I'm going to go with the Padres coming out of the NL. Ooh. I think they go on a, a pretty, pretty big winning way in October, and they find their way. And with all the names that they got over there, Fernando Tatis is the brightest name in the game. Okay? He is the brightest name in the game right now. So I know the Dodgers, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a Dodgers, Padres, NLCS, to be quite honest with you. But I like the Padres coming out of the NL and out of the AL. It's going to shock some people, too. Uh-oh. This is going to shock some people, too. I think We're I gonna know exactly where you're going. California World Series. Wow. Anaheim Angels going up against the San Diego Padres. We're going up with that. The Rays, they're good. They're probably going to be fighting for that best record in the league. The White Sox are, are young. Make no mistake about that. But there's just something about Joe Madden and him going out there with Mike Trout and him going out there and having acquired all these, all these guys. It could finally be it for Joe Madden trying to bring everything together. I like the Padres and I like the Angels here in this World Series. And I'm going to have to go with the Padres coming out, winning the whole thing and winning it in six. In all California World Series this year, Padres, Angels. Well, if that happens, MLB needs to be ecstatic because you need to get your best player on the TV screen. Not your best player. Your the, the game's two best players. Yes. In the yes. And on the Tati same stage. Junior and Trout. Yes. yes. That's what you need. And that's yes. what the league needs. And it needs Padres, Angels in the World Series. Padres and also, it wouldn't hurt to get Shohei on the primetime stage because Japan will start watching like crazy. And to see him Absolutely. pitch and hit in the same game. That would that would get the baseball gods and baseball world buzzing. So, well, if that's the World Series, I will gladly watch that. I will watch that too, one hundred percent. The East Coast won't because they won't care because it's a all West Coast thing. But I wouldn't mind it at all. I wouldn't mind it. Either. It would be awesome. At all, pal. Right. It would be awesome. What we got next? Oh well. Uh, let's wrap this show up with 
our individual award winner picks. Let's start off with manager of the year. Sean, who do you have winning the M-O-Y? Manager of the year, A-O. I'll start in the A-O. Well, I forgot his name, but give me the Blue Jays uh, manager. The Blue Jays manager. I think Toronto's going to take a huge leap, and I think he's going to be worth it. I have them making the playoff, and I think that'll be enough to get him in, get him that award. So give me – I his name uh, slips me. I should be more prepared than this will, but okay. give – but but what you give? I will pick Charlie him. Montoyo is the answer. Charlie yeah. Montoyo, there we go. Charlie Montoyo will. I think he's going to win it. And well, I think in the. Uh, I think in the NL. See, well, the National League is tough because you could go any which way. But I think the Cardinals go back to the playoffs. So I'm going to take Mike Schilt. Last name, S-H-I-L-D-T. <laughs> so Mike Schilt of the St. Louis Cardinals will. Those are my managers of the year. A-L-N-L. I'm going to go A-L. I'm going to go Tony La Russa. Chicago. I, I think, yeah, I think with everything going on, young team, first-time manager, managing in years. And he's a baseball Hall of Famer. So for him to add that record on, I think would be great. I think Charlie Montoya would be too. And Kevin Cash would be three, although Aaron Boone might be a sleeper at number Rachel. four. Rachel. And, you know, when you're looking at everything right now in the AL, in the whole grand scheme of things, LaRusse is a great story, albeit with what happened with his drinking and driving incident a, a, a couple of months ago. But regardless or not, he's a guy that's going to command some attention, and the attention will be on him because of that. But his team will show up, and I think the players will absolutely love to play for Tony Larusa, a legend in that. And I know that he's he's gonna he's going to get these guys to compete. So with that said, Larusa is my manager of the year pick in the AL, and in the NL, I'm gonna gonna I'm gonna have to go with Jace Tingler of the San Diego Padres. Let's keep it the way how it is right now. Yeah. Tingler in the NL with this team, just absolutely unbelievable what he did last year, what he accomplished having, making it to the playoffs and such. And La Russa, I'll keep it short and sweet, out of the AL for me. MVP picks for you, sir. Who's your MVP? Well, the MVP, they do it both both leagues or it's just both one leagues. League? Okay. So, right. So, well, AL MVP, this may surprise some people, but I like players that are five tool, players that can do a little bit of everything well. Yeah. So, this one may make you smirk just a tad bit, Will. Give me Tim Anderson from Chicago. Hmm. Okay. Had a great 2021 leading that team to the playoffs and all, and he's been chirping a lot of this off. A season well, he's been chirping a whole lot this off uh, season, so I think he is going to have a very good year. Well, so give me him in the AL. Well, my NL pick is going to surprise you, but it's a name that everybody knows because I think the team's gonna have a bounce back here. I think he's gonna have a bounce back here. 
I don't think I don't have them making the playoffs, but I think he's gonna have a very good year. Bryce Harper. I think Bryce Harper's I think he's settled in the third year. The weight of the contract is off of him. The team is a the they probably have the best team around him than they had Will. Give me Bryce Harper in National League. Tim Anderson, American League. All right. I'm going to have to go in the AL. It's going to shock a lot of people, and I think it's going to be a closer race in that AL West than a lot of people give credit for. And it's not going to be Mike Trout that's going to win MVP. It's not going to be Shohei Otani, and it's not going to be Anthony Rendon. It's going to be Matt Chapman from the Oakland A's. That's a good call. I like Matt Chapman a lot, and I think if there's ever a time for this guy to go out there and win MVP – and be the face, a top five player in the sport, Matt Chapman can be that guy. I like Matt Chapman a lot coming out of the out of the AL and in the NL. This is going to sound crazy, but I personally like Nolan Arenado winning the MVP. That's not crazy at all, pal. In in that in that sense, I do. I there's a lot of things that are going on. I understand everything with with Paul Goldschmidt being there. I think to for it, all this trade talk is coming off this guy's chest, and he's going to want to go out there and play baseball. And he's playing the hot corner. And the last time that the St. Louis Cardinals had a stellar third baseman. You got to go all the way back to Scott Rowland. And all Scott Rowland had to do was just play defense. That's it. And pick it at third base. He's a World Series winner. And that's what Nolan Arenado dreams to be. So I like Nolan Arenado a lot. It's a battle of the third baseman winning the MVP. I like Matt Chapman a lot. And I like uh, Nolan Arenado a lot. Sorry for the pause. But those are my guys. All good, bro. All good, bro. <laughs> Moving on from the MVP award to the Cy Young Award winner. Sean, who do you have winning the AL and NL Cy Young Awards? All right. Well, so this one I've been waiting for. This one I waited for. Because, well, it's easy. It'll, it'll be easy to say, oh, well, you know, Sean is a, Sean is a homer this Homer that, blah, blah, blah. So, well, Jacob DeGrom will be the obvious choice. Obviously, right? Trevor Bauer, Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, et cetera, et cetera. Those would be the obvious choices, too. But no, Will. So, I was thinking about it. 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 And then the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I said, if this team is going to compete how mean you both think they are, He's going to have to be the best pitcher in the league. Well, without further ado, my NL MVP is Cy Young. I'm sorry. My NL Cy Young. Thank you, pal. Is Jack Flaherty from the Cardinals. Okay. He has to be the ace. He has to be the ace. Wainwright is literally on his last legs, literally. Right. And he has to be the ace. He has to be the guy. That if the Cardinals are going to compete how we think they are, well, he's going to have to be there, well. So give me Jack Flaherty from the Cardinals, well, for the NL, well, in the AL. 
I think the obvious choices, Garrett Cole, Bieber, Gia, uh, uh, Lito, so on and so forth, Will. Well, I have an interesting one here. Okay. I do think Tampa Bay is going to compete. I think it's only a two-horse race. But, well, remember, the two years Jacob DeGrom won the MVP, the Mets were not a very good team. That's right. It was just very obvious <laughs> that he was the best pitcher in the sport. Well, I don't think Tampa Bay is going to be as good as you think they are, but I think this pitcher is going to make it extremely obvious. That is Tyler Glasnow. I agree with that. Tyler okay. Glasnow, I think he's going to have a phenomenal year, and he's clearly the number one guy. Snell traded. Morton is gone. Glasnow is up next, opening day guy. You know what, Will? So give me Jack Flaherty in the NL, Tyler Glasnow in the American League. Okay, those are interesting picks right there. For me, I'm going to go with, in the AL, I'm going to go with Lucas Giolito. I think he upgrades himself big time, and he finds his way. I know that a lot of people are going to ride on Garrett Cole, and that's fine. That's fair. I understand that. But for me personally, seeing what, what this kid's done thus far, and he's young, and he's been in the league for a couple of seasons now, I like Giolito. He's a guy that can go out there and throw gas, can throw that nasty 12 to 6 spike breaking ball, and he can make hitters look foolish. And we've been hearing a lot of hype from this guy now. I like him as a Cy Young Award winner this year. And out of the NL, I'm going to have to go with Blake Snell. I'm going to have to go with Blake Snell. I know Walker Bueller is, is a sexy name. I know uh, Trevor Bauer is also a sexy name as well. But what Blake Snell brings to the table, I think he's going to want to prove a lot of people wrong after what had happened uh, in Tampa Bay, especially in that game five or six that he started in and uh, Kevin Cash took him out in that in that game. Uh, tough right there for him. But, uh, you know, it was absolutely crazy. It was absolutely crazy to see that. And Blake Snell is one of the game's best pitchers. And he's going to a pitcher's paradise, a pitcher's dream. So with that said, make no mistake about it. Give me, give me Blake Snell. Excuse me. Another brain fart right there. Oh, good. Blake Snell and Lucas Giolito coming out of the NL and the AL, respectively, for their Cyan Award winners. Sounds good, pal. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Sounds good. And finally, finally, rookie of the year. Rookie of the year, because this is always a tough one. This is always a tough one for a lot of people to predict because you never know what you're going to get. You never know what you're going to get, but I'll leave it up to you to start. Who's your AL and NL Roy, Rookie of the Year? Roy, the NL Roy, AL Roy. Well, to me, the one in the American League is obvious. I'm going to go Ian Anderson, pitcher from the Braves. He debuted last year, looked pretty good in some starts, looked okay in some starts. Well, he got postseason experience. But he still qualifies as a rookie because it was such a short season last year. So I think he's going to take a huge step, Will. And I think he's going to be the NL Rookie of the Year, even though he he pitched a lot last year. Will, the American League. Will, so here's my thinking behind this. Randy Arizona from Tampa Bay burst on the scene last year. He's still considered a rookie, even though he played last year. Mm -hmm. 
As we know, number one prospect in the game, Wander Franco, same team. <laughs> so what I think those two guys are going to cancel each other out. And I think it pains me to say this, but I think he's going to hit a lot. He's going to play a lot because the team stinks. <sighs> Former Met farmhand Jared Kalenic. <laughs> I think is going to win rookie of the year. Well, and 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 it pains me to say that because I think he's going to be a stud, but he's going to play a lot because Seattle is so bad. And even though I think one of those Tampa Bay guys will will can win it, I think they're going to cancel out themselves. We're going to have people voting for the both of them, and that's going to leave Kalanick with all the leftover votes, which I think will be enough to give it to him. So Ian Anderson in the NO, and unfortunately Jared Kalanick in the American League. Okay, those are interesting choices right there, especially the Kalenic one. Didn't see that one coming. Uh, but for me, in the NL, I'm going to have – give me Sixto Sanchez. What a name, Sixto. Miami Marlins. <laughs> Sixto, you talk about a team that's probably going to be on the verge of being bad, but they can be surprisingly good. Sixto was a part of that Miami Marlins success, and I think he builds on that, and he tries to become this rookie of the year. I like Ian Anderson a lot. But he's in that situation where he's surrounded with a good team. The Miami Marlins, on the other hand, Sixto is the face of the franchise right now at this point in time. Give me Sixto Sanchez for the Rookie of the Year. And out of the AL, this is going to be tough because you mentioned Kalinic, you mentioned uh, a Rosarena. I'm going to have to go Wander Franco here coming out. You know, he'll be up here the first month. I yep. think he he's, he could be a, a guy that, hey, listen, no pressure, kid. But also, too, he could be that guy that could just go out there and, and play with with the best of them at that position at shortstop. And there's a reason why he's rated number one overall. But in my honest opinion, uh, he's going to be that guy uh, to win the AL Rookie of the Year, albeit he might miss the first month. With the service time, we've seen people do that before, but I like I like Wander Franco here a lot. And finally, finally, our comeback player of the year, Sean. I'll let you lead this one off first, and I think this is an obvious one for a lot of people. Well, you you know what? I'm so thinking about mine. So, how about uh uh you go first, Bo? I'm gonna go Trey Mancini. I'm gonna go Trey Mancini here for comeback player of the year. <laughs> Top player, top five player, could be a top five MVP candidate. Not a top five player, excuse me. A top five MVP candidate, I feel like, if he, if everything goes right for him and if the team succeeds, then, yeah, I, I personally like I like Trey Mancini being that top five MVP candidate a lot, and he could be a guy that's a feel-good story. Uh, look at what happened with Ken Griffey Jr. back uh, a decade ago almost, right? He won comeback player of the year. And everybody was in love with him, albeit this is a different situation. I get it. But I like Trey Mancini here a lot, winning comeback player of the year. Yeah, well, I think that's the the obvious one, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I think he's he's going to do well. I could see, well, Corey Kluber um, being there too, because I think he's really going to have a very good year. If Syndergaard was projected to come back earlier, 
I could see him doing it, but he's probably not going to come back until June, July. The season's halfway over at that point, Will. So I'm I'm going to give it to Trey by uh, default, but I, I could see Kluber getting some votes because he really he didn't play last year at all. If David Price, Will, finds himself in the rotation, because right now he isn't, if he finds himself in the rotation with the team the Dodgers have, he could also be a surprise candidate. But I'm going to go with Trey as well. And, well, that should show you how crazy good the Dodgers uh, um, starting five is. Right. The price is in the bullpen because they have Urias, they have May, and then they have the big three of Bauer, Bueller, and Kershaw. <laughs> That's yeah. scary, bro. Yeah, that is a scary team for sure. And that wraps it up for the MLB preview uh, this season. Uh, it's our th- second one, our third one, excuse me, our third one in the books. And, bud, it's been an absolute blast talking baseball with you. So any final thoughts on this episode? Well, I'm looking forward to it. I, w- I was driving around today and i'm like yo i am really i'm really looking forward to it maybe because as a mets fan it's a new day it's a new era steve black Cohen, jerseys black jerseys are back i talk th- about that black we, jerseys right are back. i think they're going to wear the first home game of friday so whenever the first home game on a friday i think they're going to make that the every friday night with um road or away journey so i'm looking forward to that will so i mean i'm looking forward to will both new york teams have a lot of hype and well you know it's, it's, go, it's gonna be a very interesting year well and well there's always that one team that comes out of nowhere the padres were that team last year where people were like where the hell did they come from i have a feeling that team could be the reds even though bar was gone they still got a lot of uh, uh skill guys there I am excited to see what this year holds. I can't wait. I can't wait for what this season holds either. Not just for being a Yankee fan. I have all the confidence in the world that they will make it back into the postseason, albeit, again, the expectations of them being the favorite, the paper favorite, yeah. But during the season, during the course of time, you don't know what injuries are going to happen and such. And, you know, nobody here on Sports Talk Radio or – anything really for that matter over on social media has been talking baseball for that matter. And it's been absolutely maddening. It's been absolutely crazy to see. And usually at around this time, people would be gearing up for baseball, but this off season, uh, like you said, it's been really, really been dominated by football talk and it is here in the New York area anyway. And it's just absolutely nuts to, to see it and hear it. And now, People want to get on that bandwagon for baseball. I think it's a little bit too late for that. I think that should have happened weeks ago when spring training first happened at that point in time. But that just goes to show you the power of what football has done uh, this offseason here in New York. But regardless or not, it's been an absolute crazy time and – like I said, like we've said, if both of the game's best names make it to the World Series this year and the MLB doesn't do their due diligence in putting money into advertising them, 
They're idiots, just like the people at Sports Illustrated. On that note, see how we came full circle with that one? I like that, Will. That's awesome. I like that. No disrespect for the people that work at Sports Illustrated, but come on, guys. You can do better than that. Seriously. On that note, for everybody here from the On The Board Sports Podcast, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast, please. We, 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 I'm not begging. I'm not going on my knees. Sean's not going on his knees either for likes or ratings or whatever it is. But just leave us a five-star review if you can. And just whatever comment you leave us, you leave us. Four-star, three-star, two-star, one-star. It doesn't matter. We go out here every week, and we make things happen on this podcast. And I know that we haven't, back in, you know, March, we didn't record an episode for a month, but we had to take care of our own differences at that point outside of our personal, outside of this whole show, our personal lives. But the bottom line here is leave us a five-star review, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at on the board sports and at on the board sport on social media on Instagram and Twitter and such. All right, guys, I'm done rambling for my wonderful co-host, Sean Thomas, AKA Shawnee on the mic. And for yours truly, Will Trucci, AKA we'll see coming to you from Long Island. We'll talk to you guys soon. Enjoy opening day on April 1st, April fool's day. Stay safe out there. God bless all of you. And remember to just, just be safe out there. Okay, that's the main thing. Peace out.